Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Upon its theatrical release in the summer of 1999, Drop Dead Gorgeous, the debut film for both director Michael Patrick Jan and screenwriter Lana Williams, failed to make much of an impact. Audiences didn't seem to know what to make of the mockumentary following a small-town beauty pageant in beautiful Mount Rose, Minnesota, in which the contestants are mysteriously killed or maimed one by one. But it has since become a cult classic, as discerning audiences have come to embrace the film's cast of unsung character actors and up-and-coming big-screen stars, its ruthless commentary on the beauty pageant industry, and especially its insanely quotable jet-black dark comedy script. Now, as the film nears its 25th anniversary, the great pop culture debate wants to decide, what is the best quote from Drop Dead Gorgeous? Much like Ludafisk, I am also salty, have been soaked in lye for a week, and am best with lots of butter. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel for this episode, all of whom are proud to be an American. I don't know where I get these pageant themes. It it must be a gift of God from something. I, I don't know. Our first panelist can spell the states in alphabetical order. It's Amma Marfo. It's spelled A-M-M-A. Go Hank! Go Hank! Next, this raving beauty to my ride is not ruling out sabotage from neighboring podcasts. Iowa, North Dakota, that bitch from Wisconsin. It's Bob Erlenbach. Eric, I can sum up my entire philosophy in this glass. I can look at it and say it's half full, which in beauty pageant biz means, Where the hell's my waiter? Stop it with the Marco Polo before I rip your fat little heads off. And our final panelist is the reigning Mount Rose American teen princess, which is funny because he doesn't look dead. It's Johnny Minogue. Well, this cheap whore is that family's loving mother. Mm-hmm. And remember, if those filmmakers ask you to take your top off, get the money first. So, before we get to the debate, how does this work? As this was a mini-sode, there was no public poll. Each panelist just submitted their personal picks for favorite quotes from the film. We compared notes, ranked them by popularity, and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls and brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you think we're a total fry? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling us on Twitter, Instagram, or Mastodon. There. Easiest pie. Easiest pie. Before we get to the top 16, I want our panelists to give a chance to talk about the quotes that they were bummed didn't make the discussion. Hey, Miss Sad Pants and her friend Sirius Sally. Would a nice cool mint help them turn their frowns upside down? I'm going to start with Ama. Which quotes were you bummed did not make it? So I have two. Uh, one involves Tess, the dog obsessed contestant, uh, talking about how she got attacked by her German shepherd and just very nonchalantly. She says, but it wasn't his fault. I had beef jerky in my pocket. And just, just the breeziness of which something very traumatically is discussed is just so funny to me. Um, And then they remade my belly with skin from my butt. (laughs) And just has her shirt like all the way up. So you could see it, which was great. Um, And then my other one 
is advice that really just sounds like it was given from my mom, who is not from anywhere near the Midwest. She is from West Africa, but also just finds crab to be a chore and will not eat it. So the point where they're talking about seafood and Amber's like, oh, my mom says never to eat anything that carries its home around with it. You never know the last time it's been cleaned. That's one of my all-time favorite things. I say that in regular conversation. Um, So I get that we're doing something a little bit different here, but I was sad to not see it represented. Yeah, and that whole scene is so quotable. And also, that's excellent life advice, folks. Yes, it is. of shellfish. Because then you might be beauty queens blowing chunks everywhere. Somebody call a priest. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Bob, what about you? What were some quotes that you were bummed did not make it? Well, when I was preparing for this and pulling together the quotes that I wanted to include on my list, I just couldn't stop. And I had, I think, probably like 35, 36 quotes on my list. Um, so let me just, let me go through my my list of omitted lines and say, what, let's see, what's good here? Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, she's pregnant. <laughs> Get your sweet ass off the phone, Cinnamon. <laughs> Which I use all the time when I lived at home with my brothers. And I literally would say that to my little brother when he was hogging the line. Cinnamon, get your sweet ass off the phone. <laughs> Eric, Eric, you won't find a back room in our video store. Oh, no, that filth is better left to the Sin Cities. A.K.A. AKA Minneapolis, Minneapolis St. Paul. Paul. A.K.A. Minneapolis St. <laughs> Paul. Um, or are we on Cops again? <laughs> And let's see, is that for me or my gown? So I I could just go, go on and on and on. But, um, so, but we'll probably, you can turn it over to Johnny because Eric, we need more bars. We need more (laughs) bars. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Johnny, what have you got for me? I have a couple. Um, one one is um, after the pageant is over and they're sitting before the parade and they're engulfed in a pile of smoke. She, Amber Atkins, and she just goes, oh, yeah, this is how I always pictured it, choking on swan gas. And the other one was um, by Molly Howard, the adopted by Japanese family. Atomic power makes me proud to be an Asian American. <laughs> the blondest so, girl, and she did her grit black, and it was, oh. um, yeah. Fun fact, fun fact: the actress who played her now, Tara Redpenning, is now a um, is a social uh, social worker here in the Boston area. So, oh, no kidding. Six- yeah, so you could walk in. Have you need to speak to a licensed social uh, uh, social worker? Psh, you might end up talking to Molly Howard, and she can do a mean tap number with fake little cowboy boots and and snapping pop guns. Yeah, um, you raise a great point, Johnny. That I wanted to make sure that we did acknowledge at some point in this episode, which is that. Uh, everyone, I think we can say on this episode, adores the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. And we will get into when we first watched it a little bit later in the show. But we have to acknowledge that you could not make this film today with the script as it is, because it is deeply offensive in so many ways. Um, you mentioned the whole Asian American jokes regarding Molly Howard. You have jokes that are being very glib about eating disorders. You have jokes that are very glib about people who have mobile disabilities. 
You have uh, a lot of jokes about neurodivergent people. You are making so many jokes about kids, teenagers being shot. Like there's things that you could never, ever do today. And I remember that I showed this movie to a bunch of uh, homosexuals from New York in 2019. Uh, they had never seen this or Soap Dish. And for my birthday, we had a double feature. And I was, first of all, just appalled. Uh, if you are gay and you have neither seen either of those movies, I implore you to go watch them now before you watch this. If you haven't watched this movie, I don't know what you're doing listening to this episode, but that's really your business, you know. Um, take it up with your priest. Uh, but... Um, we start watching it within 10 minutes. One of their heads whips around and was like, excuse me, did they just use the R word? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be a journey for us. And we just have to understand this was made at a completely different time. I'm not excusing it, but it is 100% a product of the late nineties. I think Ama, you were on our film of 1999 episode, right? I was. Yes. Yeah. And we discussed the fact that especially in 99, there was this nihilism. There was this very easy kind of contempt for anything that wasn't straight, white, and male, right? It was just it pervasive. Yeah, yeah. 1999 is really interesting film year in general. Um, if you haven't already listened to that episode, it uh, is a banger. It was physically painful to break down. But I think one of the criteria that I eventually had to lean on as we narrowed that down was the idea of like what is 99 in the sense what is 1999 in the sense that it could not be made at any other time and I think for me that carried it forward because you couldn't make remake this in 2023 with the same script so much would have to change so it is very much best film of 1999 and that you couldn't put it much anywhere else yeah, for sure and this episode is discussed in that film episode of 1999 I won't tell you how well it does but that disclaimer out of the way, let's get back to some funny, silly bullshit quotes from this movie that we all love, even though it has some pretty nasty digs. So my quotes that I was sad were not included. Um, Becky does not get a lot of love in this episode, which bombs me out because I actually think she's really funny in this movie. So I like her. Yeah, my mother got me this nine mil for my 13th birthday. I'll always remember what she wrote on the card. Remember, Becky, Jesus loves winners. That's why whatever I do, I aim to win. And shout out to Denise Richards, who completely sold that character, like, from front to back. And then the other one, I don't know why this was so funny, but my brothers and I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, Gladys and Iris are on the way to the Mall of America. That will come back in a minute. They're going to buy their talent costumes. And the, they have to swerve out of the road from someone walking into traffic. And Gladys says, sidewalks, Father Donegan? Oh, the communal wine just proves too tempting for some. And Iris says, that's why we Lutherans use grape Kool-Aid for the blood of Christ. And it's just so like hometown and like folksy, but also tells you exactly who Gladys and Iris are. So with that being said, uh, let's, oh, I hope you're ready for the ultimate in teen glamour because we are off to these debates. Go muskies! Woo! Yeah. So for those of you who have never listened to one of our best quote episodes, we've also done Steel Magnolias, Clue, Clueless, I think something else that I'm forgetting. Bear with us as the GPCD players, much like Soylent Green monologuist Michelle Johansson, reach deep inside into our dinner, inner thespians, not our dinner thespians, but that would make sense for Soylent Green. And we act out our lines for your entertainment, we hope. 
So first, it's a trip to Exposition City as the film gives us two succinct glimpses into the realities of small town Minnesotan life. Bob, you play Loretta and explain why talking up Amber is the most smartest decision in this bracket. I will explain why I would vote for the mayor's free to sign rant every goddamn year. Bob, you go first with an assist by Ama who will play Annette. Bob, take it away. Say you boys been to the Lehmans? Oh, shot at Loretta. If you have, you got all the pictures of the winner you need. Shut it up! Oh, Christ, it's true. Let's just say who should win, who deserves to win, is Amber. Why don't you paint a big red target on your ass, He's Loretta? the prettiest, you know. The best damn tapper. The most smartest. Most smartest? Oh, that's great. You're real educated, like, most smartest. Make sure you get a picture of that, most smartest. We're cutting you off and sending well, you home. Well, excuse me, Annette, I'm bragging up your kid here. Well done, and I appreciate the fact that you were talking over each other exactly like they did in the movie. So well done, you two. And um, you should know, like, when we say quote, we're really talking about exchange in some cases. So it's not just a quote. Uh, Now, I will play the mayor of Mount Rose discussing the Frida sign. Oh, yeah. Frida, sure. She was the oldest living Lutheran. Now she's dead as a doornail. It's them damn Shriners who won't take down the goddamn sign. Those lazy sons of bitches every year, every goddamn year I tell them, take down the goddamn Frida sign, you lazy sons of bitches. So um, that was 100% my father coming through me. Uh, Just if anyone has not (laughs) met Tom Resniak, that is... is, Yeah, um, I'm going to put it to a vote. Which of the quotes do you prefer? Is it the goddamn free to sign or is it most smartest? Ama, where are you on this one? I love the goddamn sons of bitches, but I fought for uh, most smartest on the bracket. I have it going far. So that's me. Most smartest. Most smartest. Most smartest. Uh, Bob, where are you on this one? Yeah, there's nothing like the mayor and his goddamn free to sign. There's just something about the delivery that... That actor, don't know who he is. It totally feels like this is a local actor from probably Minnesota that they just hired to do it. And goddamn, does that man sell that character and that line from beginning to end? It is a slice of life of of that of that community that they're representing. It is 100 percent representative. That being said, I have to go with most smartest. I, I have to say, well, maybe maybe I'll save some thoughts for later rounds as it pertains to most smartest. But um just the delivery so good. Allison Janney is better than she ever needed to be in this film. She's just so good. And it's probably one of the first real, real exposures that I had to Allison Janney in general. Um, not really even knowing probably who she was much before seeing this film. Um, and it just, it is so Loretta, most smartest. So um, I'm going to yeah, go Allison- with most smartest. Allison Janney, this and 10 things about you. She had a hell of a 1999. Yeah. Same little ass wipe shit for brains everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) MVP vibes for real. Uh, Johnny, where are you on this one? So you have to go, but this movie has some of the inconsequential characters, like the mayor of Mount Rose, Minnesota, who has basically very, almost no part to the story whatsoever is on this list as one of the best lines. It just goes to show that they wrote a hilarious cat uh script from start to finish and you are right he i looked at his imdb um his name was um dale dunham and he's been in seven movies um one of them was feeling minnesota one was the mighty ducks so yes he was a very much he was like you know he was like the white prince obviously just repping for the minneapolis st paul area um 
as much as much as I love Frida and I want to be one day the oldest living Lutheran, um, <laughs> I ha- you, you got to go with the most smartest. Or you have to. So in the, it's just no competition. Um, that is like that man had a lane, right? And God bless him, he stuck to it and he he rode down that 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 road. Um, it is important to know that Lana Williams, I looked this up, was born and raised in Minnesota, not just Minnesota, a town called Rosemount, Minnesota. Does uh. that sound familiar to you? Um, yes, I think there is some highly autographical, autographical, sure, autobiographical moments in this film for her, and I cherish them. There is an authenticity to all these little characters, and um, I'm totally voting for most smartest. Um, let me just get that that eye there. But the mayor's rant is one thing I love about the mayor in the movie. Actually, there's two others. Him singing the song at the end of the pageant. Here she is. <laughs> Our Mount Rose American teen princess. There she is. Doesn't she look fine? Like what a terrible song. It's like we can't we can't pay for the rights for the Miss America theme. So let's find something that's a lot worse and a lot more wordy to just put and, up there. And I wouldn't have wanted them to pay for the merit for the the Miss America no, theme. Not. I wouldn't have definitely. wanted them to. Definitely yeah, it's not. it's so clunky. It's just in a way that someone was like, all right, we just got to get like the local nature of like once everybody wins and it's over, like you do not care what happens. There has to be no. a song. They do not care how good. Yes, it's so perfect. And then the other thing I love about him is at the parade, the swan has exploded. Everybody in the crown is running to see what's going on, including the clown with the cigarette dangling from her mouth, which is an amazing touch. And the mayor is up on the stage and he's clapping and he's you can't hear him, but he literally is sarcastically saying, good job. <laughs> it just kills me every time it's so stupid but i love it it's that's the pre-internet viral shit he goes everyone's gonna come to mount rose now exactly we've got exploding ducks we've got teen girls getting killed at beauty pageants like what else do you want so i want there we go exploding duck that is a fucking exploding duck you better walk that exploding duck. All right. So um, with that said, it is a unanimous vote for most smartest. Next, in matchup two, surprising voice of of reason Loretta dispenses sage advice in multiple situations. Johnny, explain why good things happen to good people, like Amber. Bob, tell us why Amber driving behind us in a hearse should not be a sign of concern. Johnny, you take the first Loretta watch, and I'll play your Amber. Johnny, take it. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I just didn't want to win like this. You stop right there. You are a good person. And good things happen to good people. Really? No, it's pure bullshit, sweetie. You're lucky as hell. So you might as well enjoy it. Let's go get you a root beer float. Okay. Do you guys want some shots? I'm buying. And that's exactly it. I'm buying. <laughs> it's just that, that little like button on it. Uh, okay. And Bob, you're Loretta too. Amma will be your our second Amber and I will play the fireman. Uh, Amma, you start us off. Mom? 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 You family? No, she's just screaming mom, mom, because she's got Tourette's. She's a Nets kid, dipshit. Is mom okay? She's alive, sweetie. Where is she? She's right over there. Mom, I'll be right behind you in the hearse. Don't let that worry you, Annette. (laughs) (laughs) So the actual comparison Uh... here is don't let that worry you, Annette, versus the whole good things happen. Uh, No, it's pure bullshit, sweetie. You're lucky as hell. So uh, I'm going to start backwards. Johnny, where are you on this one? 
It's a it's a tough call. I'm I'm gonna go with and it's your bullshit, sweetie. The one thing is the one through line to everything with Loretta through the entire movie is that she is a horny cougar who all mm-hmm. she wants to do is get laid. And when she's buying buying those shots, she knows she might have a chance to get herself on some of that uh, documentarian dick. So I I I just think it's it's true to her i mean they're both true to who that person is um who loretta is but i'm gonna go with this just because it's just like it's, it's a 51 49 and i i want some shots and i have i have some wine here so it's the closest thing i'm gonna get well that and i got some there you go uh bob where are you so i i think i shared this with you earlier today or another day eric i think there's barely a day that goes by that I don't quote Loretta in some way in my life. And I will say things like, don't let that worry you, Annette. (laughs) Nonstop. Right. Like I I don't, I don't know if I say the other one all that much, but I definitely don't, don't, uh, don't let that worry you, Annette. Um, I think it's more of a kind of a, a quick quip versus the other ones a little bit more, more wordy and it doesn't really fit into many as many scenarios as something like don't let that worry you Annette might fit in so I'm with Annette all right uh where are you Ama? Uh I'm giving it to don't let that worry you Annette I think it's one of those moments where you kind of see someone outside of the pageant system just like taking all of it in and being ridiculous and like the first thing you think about when they're like, oh, you're following in a hearse, like as an audience member, you're like, oh, God. And then Loretta speaks for you and is like, don't let that worry. Like, it just feels like a really nice example of what it would feel like to be somebody not participating, looking in on it. So it like provides a service and is just so, so funny. It, and it's like it's really smart humor again this was the screenwriter's first movie and the fact that like the gun that goes off in this case and there's many guns that go off in this film as i'm saying that but like she has amber working at a funeral parlor doing makeup for the deceased so she can have the joke later on i mean there's also the joke about the the boyfriend coming in with the caps and everything that that is part of it but to me this is the payoff of all of that setup is the hearse joke which is hilarious like it's just really smart comedy and very dark like that that we it is like i think one of the darkest comedies that i can think of from the 90s at least um so i'm also giving it to don't let that worry you annette um with that being said the whole other exchange is great too you're right it's like a 4951 situation johnny but uh, we will move don't let that worry you annette along next up we see how former miss mount roses have fared since their crownings johnny don't tell us how the sausage is made but do share connie's journey with saint paul pork products i will tell you about Gladys's sewing and dieting prowess. I will go first as Gladys with an assist from Ama as my Loretta. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I won the talent contest by sewing these culottes. Butterick pattern 7432. And can you believe it? They still fit. She had a big ass then. She has a big ass now. Mm. And Johnny, bring home the bacon as slaughterhouse icon Connie. Competing for the title of Minnesota's American Teen Princess sure was exciting, but I never could have won without my St. Paul Pork Products. I have been enjoying St. Paul Pork Products for years. I grew up right next to these stockyards. It's still the same family-run business that Walter and Vera Pilarski started in 1920 when they raised and slaughtered their first pig. Mm. 
Oh, I just love St. Paul pork products. In fact, I love them so much, I work here now. Okay, I just have to break character and applaud for Johnny Minogue with that absolutely spectacular rendition. I'm crying. Uh, I'm crying. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need an audition monologue, you could do worse. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to start right in the middle of the order this time. Bob, where are you on this one? I love both of these so much. (laughs) Um, I love both of these so much. Like, I, again, I barely a day goes by that I don't quote Loretta. She had a big ass then. She's got a big ass now. But both of these lines from that exchange are great. I sewed these culottes, culottes, ladies and gentlemen, culottes, Butterick pattern 7432. Like, like, of course it was culottes, right? Of course it was culottes. but she had a big ass then. She's got a big ass now. It's just all, it's one of those all purpose lines. And then, I mean, I can't think of a, a, a place to use the whole Connie speech. I do say so much, a lot, <laughs> but um, I think I'm going to stick with big ass then, big ass now. It's just the one, it's just such a quick quip. And so it could be so throwaway, but it's not. It hits. Um, and, it's just so perfect because they just hate Gladys so fucking much. <laughs> and this is a great point to point out. Like we have to remember that back 17 years prior, Gladys and Annette were both in the pageant together fighting it out. And if you do the math, that means that Gladys got pregnant with Becky either right before the pageant or was in fact pregnant with her during the pageant. Right. Um, and so like, it's this like generational, it's almost, it's Shakespearean really when you think about it. Um, well, well, but thank you. I think we should also pause. Can we talk about freaking Ellen Barkin just through, just through the whole movie, but through that scene in particular, right through the part, right at the end where she almost blew out of the back of Loretta's pickup on the way over here. Thank God for bungee cords. Bungee cords. <laughs> but like it, she is, so committed and she is so fucking stoned off of drugs in this scene it is so fucking hilarious still 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 has the can in her in her hand (laughs) haven't gotten rid of that yet the next person in this place without a pack of luckies in their hands dies dies. (laughs) her reaction when becky comes out to do her talent and she's in the audience like falling over you like in inaudible laughter is such a great moment (laughs) it's so good it's so good so good oh anyway thank you bob for that vote uh ama where are you on this one uh i mean culottes have had two significant pop culture moments the first being this the second being barb and star go to vista del mar and in between Mm. just silence um gosh johnny you sold that monologue so beautifully so beautifully. I don't want this to be a reflection of your talents because they are unimpeachable. Let me be very clear. Um, but yeah, there's just something about culottes and just like the all-purpose insultness of like she had a big ass then, she has a big ass now. Like, it's utilitarian, really. So I too am going to make that my vote. So, Johnny, where are you? Are you sticking with with uh, Connie? I've always loved Connie, and it, it, like the mayor, another she actually even she's even less than mayor. She is a complete cutaway gag that ended up on this list. Which sometimes the cutaway gag can be funny, but sometimes it can be real fill in. But this makes complete sense. I mean, I don't think it's going to go forward, and I'm pretty sure that's probably ending its time here. But um, Connie Rudd Rudd just needed her love. She, you know. You know, I hope at this point she's probably retired from the St. Paul Pork Products plant. And it's been 24 years, so she she got her pension. 
I'm pretty, I hope so. I'm pretty sure that actress is the same actress that played Mrs. Gustafson um, in Fargo. Um, uh, William H. Ooh. Macy's wife, the one that like runs across the snow with the hood <laughs> with the thing over her head. Does someone want to do that? Yeah, fact can somebody check fact check that? I'm very curious. I, I'm doing that right now. Um, I'm loving this like little Hollywood that exists in Minnesota, apparently, where yeah. all these things are made. That's incredible. Um, fun fact: her her name actually is Kristen Rudrud and has umlauts over her. The oh second view, I am not even. Yeah, she yes, she is Jean Lundergaard. Oh, Lundergaard. And she was also yeah. and she was also in Pleasantville. She played Mary in Pleasantville. I love Pleasantville. Like it's not good, but I love it. Well, it is yeah, good, yeah. but it's not great. Anyway, I love it. It's charming. Yeah. Yes. Um, the authenticity that this film really was steeped in. I bet she even had high blood pressure from working around all of that that pork product. But um, that being said, I loved your delivery of it, Johnny. I did. But um, A, I don't want to tie. And B, I do think the more all-purpose good zinger is that she had a big ass then. She's got a big ass now. So I am going to advance that. But again, Johnny, one of the great all-time line readings on the history of this podcast. Well done to you, good well, sir. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I definitely used the big ass then, big ass out now line before. So, yeah, it it's going ahead on its merits. Yeah, and uh, hashtag justice for culottes. So, moving on, if there's one through line in Drop Dead Gorgeous, it's women exploding. Our next two quotes both deal with the aftermath of two separate acts of arson. Ama, channel Iris, and tell us how everyone is doing following the death of dork-ass farm girl Tammy Curry. Bob, play Annette, and tell us why you're a lifer here. Ama, you go first as Iris, and I'll assist as Gladys. Well, you know... I think everyone's doing really well, considering the fact that she was so young. It's always hard to see the young ones called home, especially on an exploding thresher. It's just so odd and gross. Bob, you're net in the hospital following the trailer park explosion. And Johnny, you're Amber after finding threatening photos in your locker. Go. Nice mouth you got there, Mom. But I'm not going through this again. You're not going through this again, you? You're not the one who knows how Jiffy Pop feels. Oh, come on. First the picture of Tammy, then Brett Clemens. Now this, it's scary. Scary? Let me tell you, scary. Look here. Look at me. Do you want to look like you've been road hard and put away wet when you're my age? I'm a lifer here. Best thing I got to look forward to is end up in some decent raisin ranch where they change me twice a day. That's it. I'm going. Honest to God, if I had it to do over... I'd start walking out of this town the minute I could take my first step. You you know, practically the only thing I wouldn't do different is have you. Oh, God, I hope that's you and not your concussion talking. It's me. I just don't want this to be the thing that you do over. This pageant's your ticket out of here. The pathos in that delivery, Bob. Thank you. You sold it. You were that the poor girl. The yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for that. Um, I'm going to start again with Ama. So it's basically uh, hard to see the young ones called home on an exploding thresher versus, in my opinion, it's the I'm a lifer here. Do you want to be look like you rode hard and put away wet? Right. Um, where do you where do you vote? There's just something ominous about the way that Gladys says seeing young ones called home, especially on an exploding thresher, that's 
makes you think like this has happened before. Like they've mourned this before. The reason secondary probably doesn't matter, but like there's just something about like the weight that that carries of like, how many times have you had to do this? That just makes it additionally funny. <laughs> so there's a lot and, of sorrow and disgust in her yes. delivery. Yeah, it's like it's odd and it's gross. Not exactly. as gross, not as gross as those mayonnaise and Jello salads that they had at the wake. No kidding, oh, no kidding. But yeah, I, I got, I gotta give it to Gladys on this or Iris on this one. All right, um, Bob, where are you on this one? Eric, you can relate to this. There's just this feeling to be able to overcome growing up in Lafayette, New York, and thinking to yourself. <laughs> I'm a lifer here <laughs> and you just, you, you overcame. And it's just, when I think back to my youth harvested, <laughs> when I think back to my youth, I think to myself, every day I thought to myself, I'm a lifer here. And it's just something <laughs> that, that speaks to me on a very, very visceral level, I suppose. I don't know if that's the best word for that, but yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm a lifer here. And I, I split these up all the time. I'll say them together. I'll say them apart. I'll say, I'm a lifer here. I'll say, you want to be road hard and put away wet when you're my age? Because again, when you're my age, do you want to be road hard like me? <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Because you're a whore. Uh, no, oh, I agree time. with you. <laughs> yeah. And Lafayette, New York really is the Mount Rose of the East coast. So I, I think there is real truth to that. I agree. It really resonates with me on a deep personal level. Uh, Johnny, where are you on this? Um, I say I just want to end up in a de- decent raisin ranch all the time because I realize I have no children and I have no faith that my nephews are going to give a shit about me to even send me a card on my birthday when I'm older. So, um, no, and I agree. Like, it's like road hard when the way wet. I mean, that I say that too. It's, it's another one of those random kind of, kind of morbid things that you think about when you get past a certain age but yeah i'm going i'm going with annette she knows better than any of us would you pull that crap with annette um (laughs) i'm also going to give that uh give it to the lifer monologue i think it's a hilarious monologue i think that ellen barkin is really funny in it that whole sequence because that also gives us the candy striper with a nice cool mint shoved up your ass moment like there's there's a, a, a number of great scenes in that sequence um but she does such a good job going from panic and rage to like, she's so sincere when she's just like, honest to God, if I had it to do over, I'd start walking out of this town the minute I could take my first <laughs> step. Like there's range, right? Um, And Bobby did a great job selling it. So I am going to give it to scary, but the young ones called home on exploding thresher is a very funny line. Mm-hmm. And again, snaps to Lona Williams. Cause that was so good. Um, but go here and say, something can else. I also share my other favorite part of that scene is I shoved your tap shoes in my panties before I was thrown out of the house. You go find the guy that cut him off me. He'll fight. He'll give them to you. <laughs> I shoved your tap shoes in my panties. Like, <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> All right. In the next battle, two guiding forces behind the pageant offer their unique perspectives on the teen girls competing for Mount Rose American Teen Princess. First, Johnny, you play Amber as she pleads to compete after her tap costume has been stolen. Gasp. While Ama plays Iris laying down the law. Then I will channel dance instructor Cloris as she offers observations on physical fitness. Johnny and Ama, you're up first. I'm going to have Johnny go as Amber. 
Miss Clark, why are you doing this to me? Why aren't you pretending you don't know what's going on? Amber, I'm sorry. I really am. But you know the rules. All talent costumes have to be okayed by Gladys before the pageant. Uh, But doesn't someone take in your costume so you can't compete overrule that rule? Sorry, I I don't make the rules. This is, this is bullshit. Amber Atkins, that is not American teen princess language. Good, because this isn't an American teen princess pageant. This is, this is, this is Nazi Germany. Where do they get this stuff? And I just want to say that was the movie, because this came right after Awesome Powers and mm-hmm. Minnie Sterling as Frau Farbissena. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Frau Farbissena is in this. That whole, where did they get this stuff? <laughs> it was just so perfect. <laughs> She's so good in this movie. All right. And now a few words from me as Cloris. And Tondu close. Tondu close. Tondu close. Plie. And repeat. Suck in the belly, girls. And tuck in the tushes. Close those legs. You look like a bunch of bow-legged cows. Other side. All right. That's the chorus line. There's only one. A chorus line. Opening on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, that was one singular sensation that you just put out there. It was one singular (laughs) sensation. And it's just going to be a a menopausal woman in a muumuu on the side of the stage just chain smoking and reading the audience to film. the worst drag you've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hagsville. What an icon. What an icon. All right. So let's start in the middle with Bob. Where are you voting on this one? Well, so neither one of these would, I think, I don't want to tip my hand, but I don't know as though either of these would go all the way to the end with me. But for the first exchange, what I love most about that is the what you said, Eric, where do they get this stuff? That's the one that I always like kind of go to. If I, where do they get this stuff? I don't I don't speak do the Nazi Germany one all that much. Or that is not American Teen Prince's language. <laughs> like, you're right. Uh, Frau Farbissen is great in this. So, um I think I'm going to go with, where do they get this stuff? <laughs> All right, Johnny, where are you? I have to give a shout out to Cloris Klinghagen because you know that she has two loves in her life, yelling at girls to dance and going to the slot parlors on the weekends. And I I, I, I just can see her. And I, I saw her in another movie, and I don't remember what it was. And I go, oh, my God, it's Cloris Klinghagen. I cannot believe it, that she's out of the studio. Um, yeah, I... I'm glad she made it onto this list. I don't think I agree. It's like, where do they get this stuff? It's that, it's just like that kind of like exasperated um, civil servant who's like, you know, she's just like, I just want to get through this. You know, I don't want to try to change the rules. And, you know, I, that go that's, I think that's a better matchup than um, Cloris as much as, as much as I love her. And as much as I think she's great in this, in this role. Thank you. Ama, where are you on this one? Like, sometimes I'll do things while I'm dancing and think of the chorus line of just being like, oh, you look like a bull-legged cow. Um, (laughs) Not often, but every now and again. Uh, It's such a good line. And frankly, as we were looking at the matchup, I was like, I wish I could take this further. But there's just something about the, like, civil servantness of this. And I think this is kind of a point where, like, other movies would have, like, that tinge and, like, change and it turns heartwarming and they're like, oh, no, we'll let her go along with it. And this movie is like, nope, we're holding the line. And I like that. Um, I also just in general, am not a super enthusiastic Kirsten Dunst fan past little women. So like she hit her peak for me in like 1994, but I love her in this. I love yeah. her in this. And just the way that line delivery, just like, this is, this is Nazi Germany. It's just, it's perfect. 
yeah, I gotta, I gotta yeah. give it to to that line. Both of them are so good in this scene. One thing that makes me think going over this again is put yourself in Iris's shoes, right? Imagine having to go against Gladys Lehman, right? Like you are her toady. Imagine displeasing Gladys Lehman. Does she know that she's been murdering people? Does she suspect she's been murdering people? Unclear. But still, you can tell that she is an absolute nightmare person to deal with, even under the best of circumstances. So Iris is there dealing with this pissed off teen who she probably understands has every right to be pissed off. But also, like, I am dealing with this psycho hose beast, and I am not going to go through that. (laughs) So um, I give it as well. We're going to make it a clean sweep for Nazi Germany slash where do we get this stuff? I'd like to retract the concept of giving it a clean sweep to Nazi Germany cheerfully withdrawn um next up it's repercussions from bad decisions and secrets exposed after quitting mid-pageant to advance amber's chances lisa has become has totally new information for her father and after becky's untimely death in the belly of a swan float gladys fully loses it confessing her many many sins to the people of mount rose bob you portray lisa while ama plays mr swenson i will portray a spiraling gladys with johnny as long-suffering iris as my assistant bob and Amma, you're up first. Amma, take it away as Lisa's dad. Well, I hope it was worth it. No, it was worth it. Amber should have won. I'll tell you one thing. Peter never would have pulled a shenanigan like that. Well, you know what, Dad? You know what? Peter's gay. Gay! <laughs> what? <laughs> um... Just so everybody knows, we actually had to strategize how to do that. I hope that he didn't blow out your headphones, but we literally were trying, how do we do this in the least possibly like ear-splitting way? But you have to go for it with that line. And I think Lisa herself would say this. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Shout out to Brittany Murphy, one of the cast of amazing starlets in this movie. That laugh thing that she does, it's during the interviews. We won't talk about what's happening that she's laughing at because, again, inappropriate. But her laugh in that scene, I don't even think you see her face. You just hear it off camera. It's amazing. She was so good in this movie. And she had such a joyful laugh just in general. Because, like, even as I'm listening to that, I was like, that could have been from King of the Hill. That could have been from, like, any number of places. And it just, it got me, like... In my it chest, was, I was like, oh, I missed that yeah, sound. There was a little Louis and Platter in there, that's for sure. For sure, for sure. All right, so now I will portray Gladys Lehman in an act of utter insanity, and Johnny will play my Iris. <clears throat> oh my god, my baby! This one ain't my baby! Ow, ow, ow! Get up, Rebecca! Get out of there! We gotta go to state! Oh, hot! Oh, damn! Oh, I like this blouse! Rebecca! Get up, angel face! Time to go to state! Ow, ow, ow! Gladys, come on, come on! Get off of me, you cow! What are you looking at, huh? Oh, goddamn town full of losers, that's what I'm looking at. And you, you piece of shit trailer trash, this should have been you. Damn it, I should have killed you when I had the chance. If that sounds like it's coming from a true place, that's what my mother would say to me every week. Um, so anyway, there we go. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, we're going to start. Actually, Johnny, what's your pick here? Is it going to be a swan ain't my baby or is it going to be Peter's gay? These are the impossible decisions that we make on this here quality program. Johnny? I'm glad you use the Great Palpatine Debate podcast as some of your therapy. So getting that yes. out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I think that 
the scene is probably the most it's like it's one of the climaxes it's like you remember now you figure out oh she that's she's behind all of these deaths but I, I love just the, the fact back then it's like you know his her uh, Lisa's father is so clueless that like his his golden boy is just so perfect and of uh, Lisa is just a complete fuck up and she's just like well I am tired of um hiding it so she kind of outs him which is not the greatest but it's funny as hell because when I saw it when I was twenty years old I thought it was goddamn funny especially the way that. But that Bob, you just yelled it out there, and I, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Well, I'm going to go with the Peter's gay guy. Well, you know they only had her because Peter needed that kidney. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say I'm glad you took it for me. <laughs> and like again, let's talk. This is a like tertiary character, right? Like Lisa's just there whole for backstory. color, basically. Yeah. And she has a whole backstory. Here's here's Peter as Barbara, as Liza, <laughs> as Madonna. As Madonna. <laughs> Well, her her whole role is to just give people things. She gave Peter the kidney, and she gave Amber her costume. Her costume. So she's, she's just she's the giver. giver. She's, she's the giver. giver. She is. I went to my brother's show in New York, and I met Greg Lukianis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're voting for Peter's gay. Ama, where are you on this one? Oh, gosh. This is tough because, like, the Peter's gay thing and just the, again, like, the Brittany Murphy, like, line delivery of that from, like, a tertiary character. And it's, like, the thing that you remember. But also, like, Gladys unravels, like, a Batman villain. Like, just Mm. it all starts, like, tumbling out. And there's something really, like, scary, funny about it. Like, it's both at the same time. Um, gosh. I'm going to give it to a swan ate my baby because that's just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the line in and of itself is fucking hilarious, right? A swan ate my baby. A swan from Mexico. Right. One of my father's many Mexican workers. Um, Yeah, Uh, your your father paid a pretty penny for this. Um, Yeah, Uh, and let's say Christy Alley was many things she was we'll say a complicated woman if, if that's that's a fair statement but jesus christ she's so good in this movie she's good in a lot of things but in this movie she is firing on all cylinders she's like keeping up with the cast of i mean there's literally future oscar nominees in this cast and she's and right winners. up there with them and winners yeah. yeah like it's it's amazing um bob did you make a decision yeah, well, first, I will never pass up a chance to plug the great pop culture debate. And if you want to do therapy and the great pop culture debate, I, I challenge you to listen to the best fast food episodes of our show. <laughs> so lots of therapy happening there. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Peter's gay because because of obvious reasons, I, I, you know, homosexual. <laughs> um, but it's the Britney Murphyist delivery of Brittany Murphy lines you could ever ask for. It is so good, so well delivered, so just in your face funny. I think the Swanee, my baby, is a very funny exchange, or not exchange, a very funny scene and just overall funny as a, just as a grand scene in and of itself. But the belly laugh, just laugh out loud funny of the way that that line hits of gay. I just can't not pick that one. 
Um, I think I personally probably would put forward a swan eat my baby because of the absurdity of the whole thing. But I really don't want to tie because we don't have seeds. And I don't even know how we would decide a tie right now. So um, I will give it to Peter's Gate. There's no bad choices here. Like the, the, all of them are good. And I will go ahead and advance. Peter is gay then. Um there we go. So next, two different meditations on consumerism. First, Johnny will play Loretta, who was reminding Amber, played by Ama, of the lengths Annette will to to ensure that Amber would still participate in the pageant. Johnny, Ama, you're first. And I'll have uh, Johnny start as Loretta. You're what? I, I'm quitting the pageant. Oh, I heard you. I just was trying to scare you into changing your mind. Oh, for Christ's sakes, Amber, the woman clung to your tap shoes while flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. Oh, God, I'm dead. Oh, you betcha. Next, Bob will play Gladys, disappointed at parking options while searching for physical fitness costumes. Bob? You think they'd build the parking lot of America to go with the Mall of America? Succinct. All right, so let's start with votes from... Amma, you go first. Which one are you voting for here? Oh, this is a tough one because the first set like really evokes the spirit of one of my good friends, Jeff's mom from Egan, Minnesota, Marilyn Parker Bach, who every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, I should call Marilyn, see what she's up to. <laughs> um, and it does feel very much like her energy, like, oh, you betcha. Like Marilyn says that unironically. Um, but at the same time, I also went mall walking with Marilyn at the Mall of America and her elderly friends was one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, and no, there is not a parking lot equivalent to the size of Mall of America. So Iris is right. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to give it to tap shoes flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart is so good. It's so good. I got to give it's- it to that. It's another really well-written line, especially when you consider at the time, actually, maybe even still, lawn darts are illegal because they are deadly. (laughs) So another great little... Remember being able to ban things that were dangerous? Right? Isn't that crazy? Um, People in that town are dying left and right right, from various exploding (laughs) threshers, bellies of swans, and yet lawn darts. There you go. Um, Bob, where are you? I just want everyone to close their eyes and just picture a trailer in a trailer park exploding and a woman being flung feet dozens of feet away from her home like a goddamn lawn dart it just evokes such a a picture in your head um i'm gonna go with flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart it's another loretta line like again barely a day's day goes by that i do not do not quote loretta from this film yeah, and I think we are maybe possibly tipping our hands a little bit here, but that's fine. It's a very um, Loretta John- episode. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, real Al- it's real Alice and Janie supremacy, which let's be honest, she has earned time and time again, including doing so much time on a CBS sitcom. She has earned this. She, Absolutely. And she said in interviews before, people come up to her every day and ask her about they about this movie. They ask about this movie more than they do The West Wing and they do about Mom. They talk about people that bring this up to her every single day. That makes me so happy. Yes. So happy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, where are you on this? Well, I didn't even know what a lawn dart was until I first watched this movie. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, and the, before that, she's like, because... You know, Annette ended up ass up in somebody's flower bed. Um, so yeah, she absolutely was flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. We're 
going with that. Although I will say, I think the parking lot of America goes with the mall of America. I do say that a lot. And I think that was like my number two or number three pick on this. Um, but Loretta, man, Loretta. Well, and all the of their of clothes kind of melted together into one huge polyester, polyester meteorite right in their closets. But my tap costume was still there. And get this. It was still on the hanger. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, I'll make it a clean sweep and we'll give it to Lawn Dart Tap Shoes. Uh, next, finally in round one, one more matchup as pageant contestant Tess Winehouse realizes her mistake a little too late. While Amber and Loretta discuss mistakes made by Amber's parents. First, it's Johnny as Tess. Johnny, take it away. Uh, this uh, uh my Uncle Phil's world's largest ball of twine in Bundy, Minnesota, makes me um, makes me proud. I'm American. I think I kind of un- misunderstood the assignments. <laughs> Thank you. Another terrific line reading, good sir. Next, I will play Amber as Ama plays Loretta, and Bob assists as the documentarian. Ama, take it away as Loretta. Hell no, she ain't quitting. No, mom said if I did, she'd look up my dad and marry him. So has your mom kept your dad's life a secret? No, she never hid the fact that my dad picked his career over us. What did she used to say? Once a carny, always a carny. Oh, yeah. Mom still cries whenever she sees a tilt-a-whirl or a fat lady in a poop top. Uh, So we'll go to votes. I'm going to start with Bob. Is it going to be my Uncle Phil's world's largest ball of twine? Or is it going to be once a carny, always a carny slash tilt-a-whirl fat lady in a tube top? Which is my future, it's, basically. It's tough. It's tough to pick. I think a lot of people, a lot of people say, like, I kind of misunderstood the assignment. Like, that's a very popular line. I don't know if it's lifted from this specifically. I know that's where I lifted it from. Um, and I think a lot of other people do, but it could be from other things as well. But it's just so funny. And it's so it so fits the moment it, at certain times in your life that you can use it. And a lot of people can use it. It's tough for me to pick because there's nothing better than... Kirsten Dunst, Kiki Dunst, Dr. Sunken Tits. <laughs> like, Thank you. There's nothing better than her saying tube tap. Just the way she says tube tap is just tap. so good. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to give it to Misunderstood the Assignment. Okay. Uh, just for clarity purposes, and people understand don't understand why he says Dr. Sunken Tits, that is an anagram of Kirsten Dunst's name, and it was given to her from the Go Fug Yourself website. Uh, God bless them. Uh, thank you. Ama, did you make your vote yet or no? I didn't. Um, gosh, this is a really hard one. Like, I, too, I feel like misunderstood the assignment has come up a lot of different places, but I know it was this movie that got me to start using it. But, yeah, again, just like an achievement of Kirsten Dunst to like sell the Minnesota accent the way she does in this movie in so many places, but especially there like tool top along with the, Oh yeah. Like, how do you not? So I'm giving it to tilt a whirl or fat lady in a tool top. Johnny Minogue. Um, I'm wearing this shirt that you can't see cause this is a podcast, but I'm wearing a shirt that is a Wilson Phillips shirt. So, which is once a carney, always a carny stop it you now, better if you, stop if you were now you have to listen to the best girl groups episode yep. and there is a little little thing little little thing with our producer curtis and i wore this just for you but this happened to just match up to- <laughs> 
package, he gets it a call back to I'm living. <laughs> All right. So, Johnny, are you voting for once a Cardi, always a Cardi? Once a Cardi, always a Cardi, and a fat lady in a tube I'm top. I feel like that right now. Myself. I'm switching to <laughs> <a> tube top. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I am that fat lady in a tube top. So um, I'm going to go ahead and make it a clean sweep. So there we have it. It's the end of round one. We're going to take a quick break to see if we can use that barn light as a spot. And while we listen to those messages, please put your knees together, Miss Penthouse 98. I could drive a boat show through there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we are back for round two of our best drop-dead gorgeous quote debate. Before we get into the Elite Eight, we're going to switch the interview portion of the pageant where our panelists will share their social media, let us know what else they're up to, and also when they first remember seeing the film, Ama, where are your socials and what are you up to? So I am on Instagram and YouTube at Ama Marfo. Uh, fun stuff going on over there. Uh, mostly comedy-related, occasionally like public speaking-related, and uh, Pedro Pascal-related. Mm. That's what we're doing. Uh, I also have a half hour comedy special on YouTube and streaming most places you can get audio. So if you hear me talk and you're like, I wonder what half an hour of that sounds like, the possibilities are out there for you. So give it a listen. They're here. They're here. Yeah. And when do you first remember seeing Drop Dead Gorgeous? I don't think I saw it in 99. I think I probably saw it when it came out on video or DVD. We're still video at that point, probably. Uh, Mm. Yeah, probably. So... Yeah, so I watched it on video when it came out, and it just, it was like right around when we started getting mockumentaries, so the form was really interesting, and then, yeah, it was just so much fun and so funny, and then I actually did get to reference it again, because my uh, senior thesis was on documentary film and how it was impacting mockumentary film, so I got to mention Drop Dead Gorgeous in an academic capacity. I guess I should plug that as well. The Evolution and Impact of Documentary Film, if you wish to read it from Alma Marfo. Uh, class of 2004, that's not true. 2007, I started in 2004. 2007, uh, University of Rhode Island. Let me know. I will send it to you. <laughs> Amazing. I want to read that. Jesus, that sounds incredible. Um, You do bring up a point, and I don't know this to be true, but I suspect it is true. <clears throat> this is a movie that did not do well in theaters, right? It yeah. was released and kind of, poop did nothing. But, um, and part of it was the marketing was difficult because originally it was called Dairy Queens and they had to switch the title to this because of lawsuits. Um, And I think it found its home 
on video and DVD. I do. This is the kind of movie that you watch and then like you tell other friends, like, I just rented it. You go rent it. Like, I, I feel like this was very much a movie that benefited from that, at least for my yeah. part. I agree. I, I believe this was like a blockbuster sensation, essentially. So thank you. Bob, your socials, uh, what else are you working on? And uh, when do you remember watching this movie? It was a budget of $10 million and it grossed $15 million, just so that everybody knows. Um, Still a success. Yep. So uh, my socials are at Bob on most of the things, Instagram, Mastodon, the, the Bluebird thing. Um, if you want to find me at any of those places and talk to me, um, you can certainly do so. Um, where was I when I first saw this? So you may not know this, Eric, to be the case, mm. but I either rent, I must have rented this um, and I was at home and I rented it and I put it in and watched about five to 10 minutes of it to the point of, oh yeah, Frida, she's the, she was the oldest living Lutheran. Now she's dead as a doornail. And as soon as we got through that speech, I got up from my seat, walked over to the DVD player and ejected it. And I said, nope, I can't watch this without Eric. This is something <laughs> I need to watch with Eric. Um, and so we watched it in your living room, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know when, but it was shortly around the time that it would have come out on DVD slash video, whatever, whatever we were, we were watching it on at that time. So that is um, that was my first experience with that. And what am I working on? I'm not working on nothing. This show. Um, I will share that chat GPT is a hoax for everyone because <laughs> as I was preparing for this, I said, I wonder what other people think, or I wonder, I just asked chat GPT, what's the best <laughs> uh, quote from drop dead gorgeous. And it gave me 10 quotes that aren't in this movie at all. <laughs> um, so I'll read you a few. I'm not a slut. I'm a cheerleader. Apparently Becky said that, um, can we put a rush on this? I'm due back on the stage in 20 minutes. Allegedly, Hank said that. And if you know who Hank is from the film, I'm pretty sure he didn't say that. No, um, no, no, Hank. No, no, no Hank. Hank. Um, I'm going to win. And when I do, I'm going to take my mama out of that trailer park and move her uptown. <laughs> I don't know. So what does uptown even consist of in Mount Rose, Minnesota? <laughs> in Mount Rose, Minnesota? Beautiful Mount Rose, Minnesota. <laughs> They're moving to St. Cloud. That's where they're going. So, there you go. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. As I'm reading the, through these, I'm just like, these are not in this film. <laughs> so No. Wild. Wild. Well, I guess that's job security for us on this here podcast because we're giving you actual quotes. We're giving you the tea, right? So thank you for very much for that. For uh, Johnny, where can people find you? What else are you working on? And when did you first watch this movie? Sure. So I am pretty much on any, everything as Johnny Minogue. Um one word, no H, just like Kylie and Danny. Um, I am no longer on Truth Social, so the fake Lauren Bobert has been canceled. Um, oh. Thank God. I had five followers, so that I think they'll be okay. <laughs> um, and I... Every week, if you live in the Boston area, you can come to Club Cafe, 209 Columbus Avenue, and I host trivia every Tuesday night from 8 to 10. We have monthly themes. Past themes include Shit's Creek and uh, uh, Taylor Swift and Drag Race. So we have a lot of fun. So Tuesdays, 8 p.m., clubcafe.com. 
Um, the first time I saw this movie was in the fall of 1999 at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. I was a sophomore. Um, I lived on the two and 20 floor. That's what it was called at the time. It is now called Spectrum. It's the LGBT floor. Um, so it was a community floor. We're the second one in the country. Um, I So that year, um, the year before, I was... I was in a pageant. I was in the drag race pageant at UMass. I was Miss UMass Drag Race 1998. So I feel completely understood what it was like to be Gladys Lehman. Um, but <laughs> it was the irreverence and being around a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year old gay kids in the, in the late 90s. This movie just blew my mind. And it's where my really bad Minnesota accent has never left my voice box for 25 years. So thank you, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And there was one thing, there was a long forgotten USA horror movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous. I think Sally Kellerman was in it. I cannot find it anywhere, but that was the movie I remember when I first thought of Drop Dead Gorgeous. I was thinking of Sally Kellerman, AKA Hot Lips, AKA the Hidden Valley Ranch Lady. So if you're not sure who that is. <laughs> That's how I knew her from, from the salad dressing. So in any event, there we go. I love that. And now we need to do a Sally Kellerman episode and talk about her as the Hidden Valley Ranch. Best Sally Kellerman Hidden Valley Ranch moments. That's what we're going to do. Uh, thank you. So uh, you can find me at Eric Resniak on Twitter and Instagram. That's at E-R-I-C-R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K. Uh, that's on Twitter and Insta. Or just message the at Great Pop Culture Debate account on Insta or at GPCD on Mastodon, which is where we're trying to migrate over after all of that Michigas with the other app. Um, I first watched this movie, as Bob mentioned, in my living room. And you must understand, my father was a joyless human being who uh, basically ruled through terror and spite. Um, but this movie, he literally, the scene in which Becky is doing her talent to I can't take my eyes off of you dancing on stage with a stuffed Jesus on the cross. The man fell out of his chair laughing. He was living. Now, the fact that he didn't put together the whole Peter's gay scene in 1999 with my homosexual ass sitting right there with him is remarkable. But that is my like this was one of those rare moments where my father and I actually bonded over something. It was this and tacky Christmas light displays. That was that's like the sum total of things that Tom and Eric Resniak have in common. But this movie does have a special place in my heart for that reason. Um, and for my talent, I'll be doing an American Sign Language interpretive dance to Looking Through the Eyes of Love. Unfortunately, they won't let me perform naked, I asked. So with that being said, let's move on to round three before Lester Lehman tries to sell us more of his furniture reproductions from the world's largest Canistoga wagon. All right, it is. Uh, we have an Elite Eight of mostly Loretta clips. I'm not going to lie to you folks, but as we were saying over the break, when it's right, it's right. We're going to jump right in. First, it's Loretta versus Loretta. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. First, it's Loretta's most smartest talking up of Amber uh, versus Loretta's don't let you worry that Annette about uh, driving behind in the hearse. I'm going to open it up to votes. Ama, is it most smartest or the hearse? I know. How do you make this decision? Oh, man. I say both with some regularity. So it's not even like a linguistic. Do you say this or do you say that? I say both. Um, to me, most smartest is something that I identify like so specifically with this movie. Like it's not to say it couldn't show up anywhere else. Um, but 
when I think about this movie, maybe the first thing that pops into my head is most smartest. So I'm giving it to that. Yeah. Um, Bob, where are you? I'm with most smartest. I think with the Annette line, like if I'm going to sit around a table and just shoot the shit about quotes from this movie, that's going to come up, probably not come up in the beginning. It's probably going to come up throughout the conversation. Most smartest is something that just comes up in every day as well as just as if you're talking about this movie in general. And um, if you watch Trixie and Katya on YouTube doing their girls who are queens who like to watch show, um, they quote Drop Dead Gorgeous often. Uh, Trixie says most smartest quite often as well um it's just a very it's a very quick and, and easy uh qu- quote to use so i'm gonna go with most smartest uh johnny where are you and most smartest leads into a what forgotten line on this podcast for this one is they're the richest family in the small town it's front page noons one of them takes a shit so it leads into some other good stuff so i'm going with most smartest it also leads us, and this is not a reason to vote, to vote for it, but to the, when you boys give me a ride home, no, don't fall for it. it. She, she lives, lives two three trailers, trailers, trailers down. down. It'll be so real easy. It'll be real easy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Loretta, Loretta, Loretta is all I have to say. So we're going to give it a clean sweep for most smartest. We'll be seen overnight at the airport. Harry Johnson! Right at the airport! <laughs> All right. Next. Oh my gosh. It's more Loretta. It is the she's got a big ass then she's got a big ass now versus Annette's I'm a lifer here rant. Uh, Johnny, where are you on this one? I think I'm going to go with big ass then big ass now um, because it's so it's so quippy and it's so shady and it just cuts to the point and we, we can all talk some shit about some people we don't like and say that. So yeah, we're, I'm going with the letter in it again. All right. Uh, Ama, where are you on this one? Biggest then, biggest now is so useful. Yeah. It just, anytime you want, you could use it. I, I love it for its utility. That's my vote. Also, at the time, a big ass was considered an insult. And now, in a post-Kardashian society, it's actually a compliment. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, things wrap around, and and now maybe she was paying a compliment to Gladys and her enormous juicy booty. Um, But we know that's not the case. Uh, Bob, where are you on this one? Well, I am a lifer here, but (laughs) I'm going to go with big S then, big S now. I co-sign everything that that Johnny said. It's just shady. (laughs) It's a good read. And there are some really funny little shady moments with multiple, again, tertiary, if not like, what is it? quaternary quaternary characters the two burnout girls who will not do the pageants like dork ass farm girl tammy <laughs> curry it's <laughs> <laughs> like a roach motel girls check in but they don't check they, out they don't check out are, are, uh, you, yeah. are you going to, are you going to the parade no i'm like do or something do or something <laughs> like, stupid that's what happened moments. to that dork ass farm girl <laughs> tammy curry <laughs> good all right so that's going to be a unanimous decision for loretta's big ass then big ass now i got some uh uh next it's oh it's amber uh amber in this is nazi germany versus lisa's peter's gay uh johnny where are you Mm, this is probably like the one that's the least kind of exciting of the ones that we have in the final eight um i'm just to switch it up, I'm going to go with Peter's gay. Um, yeah, just 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 so it's like not like just just Loretta mostly, but 
I'm going to go with Peter's gay just because it's so stupid. And, you know, R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. So we're going to go with that one. R.I.P. Brittany. Um, Bob, where are you? I'm sticking with Peter's gay. I feel like this is one of those lines that will stick out to a casual viewer of this film. You know, something that will stick out is something they remember. I'm not sure Nazi Germany is something I would pick up over maybe a few additional list viewings of this of this movie. Like it it now is that whole where do they get this stuff? Like I really love that exchange now, but I don't know as though it was my favorite to begin with. But Peter's gay just sticks with you and it just hits you so hard um, and is immediately funny from your first watch. So you see Brittany Murphy's soul escape her body when she's delivering that line it's it's truly a masterclass. uh ama where are you uh, for me it is a face-off of two really good line readings like again as someone who is not predisposed to enjoy a kirsten dunn's performance like that read was perfect genuinely some of the best work she's ever done uh but at the same time like the britney murphy read is both so perfect for the moment but also so perfectly her like there's something to be said about having both of those things in the same place. Uh, I'm giving Peter's gay a slight edge, but this is probably the closest I've come so far to being just like, mm. there's like barely a hint of light between those two choices. You know, I agree with you. When, as you were talking, what occurred to me was, well, the other line, the Nazi Germany exchange is funny and it's well delivered. Peter's gay is like an actual culmination of Lisa's arc, which is this girl who was never like treated like crap by her family, never a contender, like just trying to get through her life and finally having that moment where she's had it and just losing it over all of the disrespect that's constantly piled on her. So it's actually a character moment, which is ridiculous because she's also, you know, adding someone. So that's not great, but like it is, it's, it's all of that stuff. It's a, it's a funny line. It's a great line reading. It's actually kind of a moment in the film. So let's give it to Peter's gay. And then finally uh, we have Loretta again, uh, flying through the air, like a goddamn lawn dart versus Amber tilt a whirl fat lady in a tube top. These sound like Michael Kors insults <laughs> from project runway. That's what these sound like. Am I wrong? Nope. That's what this is. By the way, look for our best project runway. Uh, look episode this summer. I'm going to start with Bob. Where are you on this one? So the both of amazing lines flying through the air like a lawn dart uh the tilt a world fat lady in a tube top again i talked about the delivery of tube top but there's also once a carny always a carny and if you can find the right opportunity to use once a carny always a carny to re- reference someone in your life you have you are winning you are ragging you have reached the pinnacle <laughs> because what a read savage once a carny always a carny um or- what's that I was going to say, if you're enjoying a high-end taco at a Mexican ra- uh, restaurant, what's a carne asada? Always a carne asada. Right. But th- th- there you go. Yeah. That's a reach. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm Anything going with else? once a carne, always a carne, tilt a world fat lady in a tube tap. Again, uh, actually, maybe this is now turning into a Billy Joel lyric. Uh, Ama Marfo, where are you? I feel like for the same reasoning as Bob laid out, I have to do flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. Like anytime you see fly, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, high winds for hurricane season. And the number of times we were then afforded the opportunity to see something flying past our screen safely, of course, but nevertheless, very windy, just seeing a thing fly through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. That one, that's my vote. That one sticks for me a little bit more. All right, Johnny, where are you? 
And the following up after the lawn dart, we've got the poor candy striper who just wants a cool mint. Would a cool mint help if I shoved your head up your ass? I mean, (laughs) this is the battle of the hospital waiting room versus the hospital lobby. So it's, uh, you know, it's Mount Rose Memorial here uh, moment. I'm going, I'm going, oh God, it's, I'm going to have to go with uh, lawn dart just because I think it's, it's so it, it it's so stupid and visual. Like I mean, a fat lady in a tube top, you can't, you know, you can't miss that either. But I think just it's again, it's another one of those fifty one forty nine ones. I'm I'm gonna go with Londart. Johnny, Johnny, come over here, see mommy, so I can kill you. <laughs> kill you. <laughs> this is why I'm in healthcare fundraising, folks. Um so uh yeah, that's a an interesting dilemma because again, if I follow my gut, I would go with tilt a world fat leading a tube top. I would, but that gives us a tie, and we don't really have a mechanism in this episode to break a tie. Uh unless I'm, producer I'm Curtis to, I'm willing to switch. Are you willing to switch? Yeah. You're willing to what switch? am I gonna switch to? Londart? Uh no, you'd be switching to Tilt a World. Fa- oh, that's no. All, that's... You and I are Tilt a World, oh, and Anna and Johnny tap. are in in Londart. So, can I ask producer Curtis? Hello, they wave can't... hello to producer Curtis. They can't hear him, but we can hear him. You have to break this tie, Curtis. I'm giving you this power. He's listening. He's, he's, he's talking, speaking. folks. He's speaking. <laughs> Try not to speak. You're mute. <laughs> I owe my life to this deaf baby. <laughs> He's going with tube top. He's going with tube top. So um, I'm sorry, folks, but we had a nail biter here at the end of, of round two. Uh, we had to have a tie break for t- fat lady in a tube top slash tilt a roll. That gives us our final four. We're going to take another quick break so we can enjoy our shellfish dinner catered by seafood by Antoine. We'll be right back. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. 
And we are back with the final four of our best drop dead gorgeous quote debate. The judges have tallied their votes. Jean Kangas took a memo. BTW, Jean Kangas, the actress who played her, is the screenwriter of this movie, Lana Williams. And, well, I know who the winner is, but let's get into it. All right. So first up, it's a Loretta off as her most smartest best damn tapper line is up against big ass then big ass now. Uh, I'm going to start with Ama. Why not? Ama. <laughs> Why not? Indeed. Um, I love both these quotes. I use both of these quotes often, but I think when it comes to like, what do I associate with this movie? It's most smartest. So I'm giving it to most smartest. Uh, Johnny. Best Sam Tamper, most smartest. Oh, real smart. Look at this one. Most smartest. Most uh, smartest. I'm talking up your kid here. <laughs> Don't pinch. Uh, Bob, where are you? Yeah, what Ama said really rings true, right? Like, this is really this the best Sam Tapper, most smartest. Like, it just really, it just captures the whole movie in just a few lines. Like, everything about this movie is in those lines. Maybe I'm being completely crazy saying that. But it it is also the compliment versus the insult. So let's go with the compliment. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to give it a clean sweep for most smartest. Um, when I was initially making my very first trivia team in Rochester, dry, take a drink, Bob, I believe you were part of this. We actually almost called it the best damn tappers, but we thought it was going to be confusing because none of us knew how to tap. We didn't go to the, <laughs> the Sue Cropper school of dance. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> That's a I will say, I will say, Eric, yeah. when I was in London this past summer, my my I was playing trivia at a bar in London and my team name was Mount Rose American Team Press Princess. The drag queen had no idea what I was talking about. Like <gasps> one person knew. One person knew she's like, you don't look like a pageant. And then someone's like, it's a movie, babe. So <laughs> I brought Amazing. it I brought it on the other side of the pond for you. You know, I can see this movie not resonating outside of the US, no. honestly. But um, shame on them. A drag queen should know better. I mean, their their dark humor and our dark humor are very different. Like, this is yes. dark for here, but they're just like, oh, you want dark, dark? So, like, I could see where they would just be like, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. that's Hold true. by like, strong, though. Right. Let's go to, <laughs> let's go to uh, Black Mirror and, and have our uh, PM fuck a pig. Yeah, like <laughs> on live television. Uh, all right. So it's a clean sweep for most smartest. Next up, it's Lisa's Peter's Gay versus Amber's Tilt the World slash Fat Lady in a Tube Top. I'm going to start with Johnny. Where are you on this one? Once a carny, always a carny. As your t-shirt says. Uh, Bob, where are you? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, did we step back and look at these quotes? Because I think they we didn't. They really are really representative of this film overall. So we have four really good ones here. Um, but I think I know I fought for Peter's gay up until this point. It's total. Like I said, it's the Brittany Murphyest of Brittany Murphy deliveries you could ever get. Um, it, she's just amazing in this movie i'm so glad that she's here in the final four with us um and in spirit um but i think i need to give it to once a carney always a carney fat lady in a tube top um i do kind of like the prospect of a loretta off <laughs> in the end here as it should be uh and ama where are you um gosh i do really like just the minnesota-ness of like a uh fat lady in a tube top and just like the the oh yeah like it's it's peak minnesota so i think that's like a very clear reminder of where they are what's happening in a way that peter's gay is again useful but regionally non-specific 
I love that argument. Regionally nonspecific. Um, I'm also going to give it to Tilt-A-Whirl Fat Leaving You 2 Pop, which is amazing because it very nearly went out last round. Um, so we have a final two of Loretta's Most Smartest Best Damn Tapper versus Amber Tilt-A-Whirl Fat Lady in a Tube Top. Ooh, this is the least important decision I'm going to make all year. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with Bob. Where are you on this one? Most Smartest. And Ama, where are you? Most smartest. And Johnny. Most smartest. I'm going to make it unanimous. Uh, and there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best drop dead gorgeous quote is most smartest, a.k.a. best damn tapper. Meanwhile, our runner up tilt a world fat lady in a tube top will receive a $75 gift certificate to the Votech of its choice. Do you agree with the decision? Do you wish that we were choking on swan gas? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Mastodon. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon vote in open polls and even decide which topics we tackle next if you really enjoyed the episode please take a minute to like and rate this episode of the podcast on apple spotify or whatever platform you listen on i want to say thank you to my panel forget that death baby i owe my life to you and thank you for listening if you loved what you heard please consider supporting us on patreon where you can get even more exclusive content and you get episodes a whole day early we hope that you have a good one and remember everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion Gladys we need more bars Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.